1 John. 1 John chapter 1. I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 5. Verse 4. <laughs> we get on track here in just a minute. 1 John chapter 4 verse 5. This is really a part, whatever it is, a part 4 or 5 of uh, what we've been doing on Sunday mornings, actually. Uh, so, that's where we are. Uh, let me look here and see. I'm doing things a little different tonight. I don't have my... my. Uh, it's called Complete Triumph in Christ is the name of the message we've been ministering on Sunday mornings, and we've already done two sessions on faith that overcomes the world and tonight will be part three of that i don't have my notes as i normally do i have them jotted down here on a yellow pad of paper and so uh, doing things a little different at least for right now but i wanted to read something tonight i'm sorry in acts before we get to first john in the book of acts chapter 13 i want to read verses 27 through and 28 verses 27 and 28 in Acts chapter 13 before we get into where we're going tonight because I was somehow the Lord led me over here to this today and I know it had something to do with a few verses above it where he's telling uh, you know Paul here is preaching and reminding everybody that David was the son of Jesse who had a who was a man after his own heart and shall fulfill all of God's will. And I mentioned that Sunday morning and how refreshing that is, and maybe even last Wednesday night, I think. But then you get down to verses 27 and 28, and this is, this is really a, an amazing but very, a very sad situation, what we'll read here. But Paul's preaching, and he says in verse 27, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, talking about Jesus, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. I was reading this today and I was thinking about the very work of righteousness that Jesus came to carry out on Calvary's cross for us because that was the work of righteousness Isaiah 32 and 17 tells us that the righteousness of God would be carried out and uh, on the cross through, through Christ for us, what it would entail, that its, its work would be peace and its effect would be quietness and assurance. And when I saw this scripture today, I thought the very thing that God was doing to offer all of humanity, really himself, and all that he desires men to have, Men played a part in that, but not on the right side of the coin, if you will. They played a part in that, but they weren't on the right side of what of that that they should have been on. See, you and I, we we have accepted Christ as our Savior. We've accepted what He did on the cross for our righteousness, so that we can live before God and please Him. But they the ones who had the word of God, they had the prophets, the Psalms, the law. It was all given to that people. And they read it every week, Paul said. They read it every Sabbath. 
But, but they didn't know Jesus and they didn't know the voices of the prophets. Think about how special this is for us. And we're not even of the lineage of Abraham as far as the natural lineage. We're, we are of the lineage of Abraham after the Spirit, but we're not of Jewish descent. We weren't given the law. We weren't given the prophets, the law of the Psalms. We, we weren't a people of God that saw all the miracles and all that. We're, we're just a bunch of old doggish Gentiles that God reached out and brought in and and we have received so much more than we can, we will ever comprehend through what Jesus did at Calvary. And I wanted to read this first tonight because I mean the the world is full of people not just like this but in a sense they are the Bible, the word of God is 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 this nation is full of it. But how many people really know the voice of the Lord? How, how many people really know Him? How many people who are Christians even know what the old scriptures are talking about? Well, I'm thankful that we do tonight. I'm thankful that because Jesus did what He did at Calvary, that we now have been given everything that we need. Everything. And again tonight, we're going to talk about this faith that overcomes and we're going to talk about whose faith it is. And we discussed it Sunday morning. Uh, if you missed that message, please go and listen to it. You'll be very encouraged as you get your Bible in your lap and you listen to it. Because you, you need to learn these things. I, I see so many people on social media talking about wanting to quit. And, and I have nothing left to live for. I see all those comments of desperation. And, and Andrew was telling me about uh, the people that he's heard say, uh, you know, that how come, how come I can't put my faith in the cross? How come, how come I can't put my faith in the cross? How come, how come when I put my faith in the cross, nothing happens? And if we don't understand, as I said Sunday morning, if we don't understand faith, Nothing's going to be right. If we get faith wrong, everything is wrong. If we get faith wrong, we can't understand anything. The Bible says we understand what we understand by faith. Everything we have, everything we experience, it's by grace through faith or it's not an experience of God. And if we don't understand faith, as I didn't many years, and because I didn't, I was out there in all the stuff that's out there, a lot of it, just confused and living a life that was contradicting to the Word of God, and because I didn't understand faith. I, I really didn't, and I'd be willing to say that most of the church today doesn't understand faith. They don't. I mean, most Christians don't really know even a quarter of what happened when they were born again. They know they're saved because they believed in Jesus. They believe he died for their sins. They're saved, but they never, most, of, most Christians never dug in and, and begin to learn of what that, re, that experience really gave them, right. what really happened, what, what they really have, who they really are in Christ Jesus. It's, it all happened in that moment. In that moment, we were fully armed, fully equipped. We, we need to learn of these things, but we were. We were fully righteous, fully justified. We didn't act like it, and we probably didn't feel much like it, but we were. And it's because 
we receive the one who it's all about. We received Christ as the Son of God and what He did as the Lamb of God. So we have received this faith as we covered Sunday morning. And this faith that we've been given is the faith that overcomes the world. And you may hear some things tonight that you, you've not heard before, and that's okay, but, but they'll be scriptural. But one of those things is you, we, we talk about we talk about, well, you know, you can't, you, now you can't put your faith in any other thing. Well, the faith God gave you won't go in nothing else. You need to understand that. The faith God gave you will not work in any other object than the object that came with it. It won't. And we're going to look at that here in a few minutes. A little bit more intently over in the book of Romans, we'll, we'll, the Lord will make it clearer for us tonight. But first, First John chapter 5, verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God, everybody say, that's me, overcomes the world. That means you're an overcomer when you got saved. Even if you held the Bud Dummer can for another three years, you were still an overcomer. You just weren't living like one, but you were. Because you were born of God. You overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And as we brought out earlier, in this one Bible verse, uh, it shows us where we got our faith when we were born of God. That's when we got our faith. You didn't have faith when you got saved. God had to give it to you. I don't care what John Calvin says and all the Calvinists and all those predestinational false teachers in the wrong predestinational mindset. You didn't have faith. You couldn't bring it to the table because you didn't have it. A dead man doesn't have anything to offer. All we had to offer was a broken and yielded heart unto the truth we were hearing so that we wouldn't die in our sins. We wouldn't remain guilty. We wouldn't go to hell. We believed under righteousness. We believed that Jesus was the Savior and we trusted Him and His work at Calvary and we were saved. And in that operation right there, God dealt to you the measure of faith and that faith overcomes the world. It's the faith of Christ. It's the faith of Jesus. And we looked at some of those verses Sunday morning. Some of those verses are Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, that tell us we're crucified with Christ, yet we're living, but it's not us anymore. Now it's Christ living in us. You need to get a hold of that. It ain't you. Every expression that's not Christ ain't nothing but flesh. <laughs> that ought to make us cry out for more. Amen. Because that's a, that's a reality. Every expression that's not Christ is flesh. And my Bible says there ain't nothing good about that. Ain't, that ought to make us cry out for more. More moments of you, Lord. More moments of you, Lord. More moments of you, Lord. Christianity is that radical, amen? Moment by moment. Don't you want him moment by moment? Amen. So this faith... The, the, the scripture goes on there to say it's not I but Christ now living in me and the life I now live in this flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the faith we live by. That's the faith that overcomes the world. And most Christians are trying to work something. All these people saying, well, how come I can't put my faith in the cross? If you're saved, that's where the faith is that God gave you. But you got to exercise it. 
You have to continue to yield with the heart. Now let's talk about this for a minute tonight. Because when you accepted Christ, He dealt to you the measure of faith, Romans 12 and 3. 2 Peter 1 and 1 says that we obtained this like precious faith. Meaning we didn't have it. We didn't have it. We obtained it. It was dealt to us by God in the operation of the born again experience. When you yielded with your heart unto the truth of the gospel, what were we doing? What were we doing? The word of the gospel was being preached to us. It was there. It brought faith with it because it is the word of faith. Not the word, not the worldly church word of faith. The word of the gospel is the word of faith. That is the word that comes, faith comes by hearing that word. Faith comes with it, but Hebrew, can we put Hebrews 4 and 2 on the screen and look at something uh, very special tonight? I, I pray the Lord show it to you. I can. I can show you where it's written. He's got to show it to you. He's got to impart it. Uh, Hebrews 4 and 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached, first he calls it the gospel preached, now he calls it the word preached because it's always the word of the gospel. Right. Our faith can't come. Amen. Faith can't come. I want you to know that tonight. Faith can't come unless it's the word of the gospel. Most people think, well, we need to hear about healing. And, and all. You need to hear about the gospel of Jesus because in the gospel is where you get it all. Have you heard me say for many years, you cannot put your faith in healing. There is no place for that faith God gave you in healing. You ask God to heal you, but your faith belongs only in one place. And it's that place he saw your heart yielded to that allowed him to give you that measure of faith. It won't work with nothing else. It won't work in nothing else. It won't work outside the object that came with it. It won't work. So you can't put that faith God gave you in something else because it won't fit there. It won't go there. And we'll... You'll get it in a minute. Watch now. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, when it came, it came with faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. It comes, but you've got to mix that faith with that word of the gospel in your heart. It says not being mixed with faith in them. They heard it. They heard it. The word of the gospel, they heard it. But in their heart, they did not mix faith with it. See, mixing faith with the word of the gospel is Romans 6 and 16. We're going to go look at it. It's the heart yielded to that truth. It's the heart yielded to that truth form of doctrine. Now I want to say something tonight and I read it in Brother Swaggart's, uh, I've been reading his book on the Apostle Paul and it's just it's just fully loaded. It, it's fully loaded. I mean it's fully loaded. And he says, Brother Swaggart does in his, in this Apostle Paul book, 
He says, the form of doctrine, when you were born again, you obeyed the form of doctrine. And that word form means pattern. Pattern. You obeyed that pattern of doctrine. It's the pattern. It's the pattern. It's not one pattern. God don't have but one pattern. You obeyed that pattern of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. That Brother Swaggart in his book, even the scriptures say that pattern of doctrine is the word of the cross. Because that's what made you free from sin and a servant of righteousness. Brother Swaggart goes on to say in his book that when the word of God is ministered, Outside of the message of the cross, men are tampering with the Word of God. They're taking away or they're adding to it. It's no longer the pattern. It's been perverted. When the Word is being preached and it's not the Word of the Gospel, it's not the pattern of of doctrine, it's not the Word of the cross, men are tampering with the Word. That's what Brother Swagger says in this book. It's powerful. Men are tampering with it. They're either taking away from it or they're adding to it. And that's what has to be happening when the cross is not involved. That's what has to be happening. So I want you to remember that because the gospel was preached to us. It was the word of the gospel. And when it was preached to us, we mixed faith with it. That means we... Yielded our heart unto righteousness. And it was the righteousness of the faith of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen! It was the righteousness of the faith of Jesus Christ. Because it's the righteousness that's of His faith that saved us. So let's go and look at Romans 6.16. I pray the Lord show you. We've read it all our Christian lives. We can quote it without looking at it. Most of you can. But if not, well, you got your Bible or it's on the TV. Look at this tonight because this is written to already saved, already filled with the Holy Spirit people, Christians. And the Bible says, don't you know that to whom you yield yourselves, the word means present. The word means present who you present yourself, watch, servants to obey. His, everybody say his, because this is two different people here. This is two different people here. This is not things. This is two different people. His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether it's of the sin nature, the old you, unto death, because it's an unfruitful place. You can't bear no fruit if you go that way. Or of obedience unto righteousness, which is our hearts yielded to what made us servants of righteousness, that pattern of doctrine, the word of the cross. Now, if our faith stays there, if that's who we choose to yield our heart to, that's the only place this measure of faith works. Because there's only two avenues to go. 
There's one, it's a person. It's the old self, the old Curtis, the old way, what he wants. Amen. Or it's Christ obedience unto righteousness. Everything ends up, everything ends up with righteousness or it's not of God. Everything has the fruit of righteousness or it's not of God. I want you to think about that tonight. If it's not the fruit of righteousness, God's not doing whatever we're calling God. God's righteousness is God's person. It's His nature. It's who He is. It's, I was thinking about it today. This, what does it mean that He's righteous? Well, it, it means He's right. Well, it's more than that. It means He's perfectly right. It means His thoughts are perfect. His, his actions, His words, they're perfect. If God speaks a word, it has eternal significance. Uh, eternity with Him is perfect. Uh, torment is a perfect torment. Uh, everything He says and does is perfect. Uh, it's righteous. It's perfectly right. Uh, it's who He is. It's the nature of who He is. And He demands among men, He demands and only approves righteousness. But that is only found in Christ Jesus. It's only found in Him because Jesus came to this earth representing God and His righteousness. And the, our Bibles tell us in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 that Jesus was made unto us righteousness. Amen. So if we're going to serve God, we got to have our faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary to be able to be found serving Him. It's Him. It's either Christ or my old sin nature. There ain't no third option. This is why you, you can't take the faith God gave you and put it in something else. It, it, it won't work. It, you can't do it. We talk about, well, you had your faith over there and that. No, you didn't have your faith in that. You were yielded to the sin nature. You can't put the only faith. God says there's one faith. You didn't have it till you were born again. And you can't put it in nothing but the sacrifice. It won't fit. It won't work. We'll see it in the Scriptures even in another place. It, it's not, so, so for years we've said, well, I had my faith in this. I had my faith. No, you didn't. Well, you know, it's like when you sit in a chair, you, you, you have faith that holds you up. Well, you can call that faith if you want to, but that's not spiritual faith. You've got to have spiritual faith, and there's only one spiritual faith. I told you a thousand times when I was four years old, I stuck the tweezers in the light socket. Just because I'm that dumb. Well, I ain't never done it again. You can call that faith if you want to. It's just common sense. But Bible faith is the faith of the Son of God. And you were issued that, dealt that, obtained that the moment you were born again. And it won't work in another object other than the one God gave it that came with it. It won't. So the, the, the correct verbal language is, well, we had our faith in this and we had our faith. Out there, Curtis, you were out there. You had your faith in the purpose driven. You had your faith in everything that blew through town. No, I didn't have my faith in none of that. I was yielded to the sin nature in all of that. I had been given when I was born again a measure, the measure of the faith of the Son of God. It won't work in nothing but the word of the gospel. It won't work. 
it won't work. You can pray and ask God to give you a spouse, whatever, a husband, a wife, children, whatever. That's good. Because he's good. And he blesses his people. But you can't have your faith in nothing but the gospel. There's no place for your faith other than Christ crucified. It won't work anywhere. And when we think it is, that's the sin nature deceiving us. Amen, brothers. Watch, let's read it again. Romans 6, 16. Don't you know that to whom you yield, and we're yielded every moment of every day, this is why the Lord is faithful to test us every moment to make sure we don't drift away. It's a good thing that God tests us every moment. I said it's a good thing that God tests us every moment. Job 7, 18. It's a good thing that my God is with me every moment, testing me every moment. That's a good thing so I won't drift away, look away from my Savior and His work for me. It's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. I know Christianity today is like I'll call you when I need you, God. No, there's never a moment I don't need Him. Just a, a blink of an eye and Curtis is in trouble without Him. Amen. Give me a few minutes and I'll write a novel in my head and be down in the money grub. Just a few minutes of me. Just a few minutes of you will ruin a day. Can I get a witness? Just a few minutes of me will ruin a day. But just a closer walk with Him. Hallelujah. Mm. May our minds learn to be stayed on Him. Stayed on Him. Well, that's a little too much, isn't it? You can't think about the Lord all the time. I believe you can. He told you the mind that stayed on Him don't have perfect peace. You can think about the Lord. I don't care what you're doing. Amen. And you serving somebody we all are. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself, present yourselves. God forbid. Don't you know the joy that we that we had in our hearts when we first realized that we'd been serving the sin nature, we'd been deceived. We, man, we, man, we were slain. Paul said that the sin nature deceived me and slew me. When, man, when the message of the cross came, and man, when the cry of Calvary came to that old barn up on that hill, I said, "My Lord, I've been dead, but I'm alive." Hallelujah! I've been serving the old dead man. Serving Him. Yielded to Him. Presenting myself from sunup to sundown every day. That's what we do when we're not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. Don't you know that to whom you... Whom? Whom? Not what. It's not what you yield to. It's who you yield to. It's the Lord through faith in His sacrifice. If that's not the only object perpetually, then it's the old man. Because it is somebody there. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin, the sin nature, unto death, the unfruitful place, non-fruit bearing there, or of obedience unto righteousness, that is what you were given the measure of faith for so that you could serve obedience unto righteousness because that's when you're not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's when you're not writing novels of what's up. Amen! We have everything we need. We're not running low on anything. 
We've been given the measure of faith, and, and my Bible says that faith overcomes the world. That faith overcomes the world. That faith came rushing up, rising up in my heart years ago when I saw this truth. I'm telling you, that faith is still there. Does that mean I'm perfect? Not by any means. Does that mean I don't mess up? Not by any means. But it means when I grab a hold of this and exercise it, the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, the encouragement of the Lord. Amen. When you're ready to throw the towel in, you just get that baby and go wash it and get ready for another day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Lord took care of you up to this point. He'll take care of you from now on. I said He took care of you up to this point. He'll take care of you from now on. Hallelujah. We sang it tonight. He's good all the time. Even when we're not good, He's good. He's faithful at all times. Even when we're not faithful, He still is. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Let's read over in uh, 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 Galatians now. Chapter 3. I believe, I believe Galatians, I believe the book of Galatians was meant by the Lord to just hang right there. Just hang up right there yeah. on this journey. Yeah. You know, if you, could, if you could build something on your head like them Pharisees used to have, <laughs> them phylacteries or whatever, if I had anything on my head at all, <laughs> it'd be the book of Galatians. It'd be right there. Remind us. See, the book of Galatians is an instructional warning. That's what it is. It's an instructional warning. And look at the powerful things written here in the first three verses or maybe a few more of this third chapter. O foolish Galatians, O Curtis, who's bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Now before we go further, notice that obedience to the truth is based on us trusting in Christ crucified. That's when God made us obedient. Before we ever obeyed in any action of our own, we were made obedient because we accepted the obedient one's work of death on the cross. Watch now. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? You see, this hearing of faith is so important. The hearing of faith. And, and the hearing of faith is tied to Obeying the truth and obeying the truth is tied to Christ crucified. Yeah. Yeah, that pattern of doctrine. Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit and let's just put throw verse 2 in here with this one. When you receive the Spirit are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit when you receive the Spirit are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you now going to go on and be matured by what you do in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? What he's meaning here is they suffered when they accepted Christ. Their faith caused them to suffer. 
in their communities, their families, their whatever, everywhere. They suffered because they became God's children, followers of Christ. Watch now verse 5. He, therefore, that ministers the Spirit to you, the Spirit, and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And again, the hearing of faith is tied to obeying the truth, which is tied to your heart yielded to Christ crucified. You can't separate them. The hearing of faith allows you to receive the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to be matured. Only the hearing of faith, the working of miracles. This is how we'll know the difference, and we already do, but in the days ahead and even now, we know the difference between what is called God and what is not God. A bunch of hyper-emotionalism, entertainment in the pulpit. If it's not the word of the gospel, the hearing of faith can't come. That's in your Bibles. Because the hearing of faith is what gave us the Holy Spirit. It's what put our feet walking in the Spirit. It's what causes the miracles to take place. And outside of it, it don't happen. And when we're calling something God outside of this area, then we're in the same boat these Galatians are found in. Having been bewitched. I was there for many years. I was there for many years. Bewitched. Because I didn't understand faith. I didn't understand the cross. If you don't understand the cross as it pertains to day-to-day living, you don't understand faith anyway. You understand the faith that saved you. That's it. That's all. Christians don't understand faith. That's why they, as Chris Thomas has told me for years, they got together in this church and they thought, he's told me a hundred times, he said they believed that you could shout the presence of God into the place. And he told me he never even heard the word justification in that church. That's a scary thing. That's a scary thing. Because it's the message of justification. It's the same word that comes when we have the hearing of faith. Amen. So, it's always the... Let's read the next verse, verse 6. Because this is not changing the subject here. He says, even as, he's comparing something to what he just said. Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. But what was Abraham believing God? About a coming redeemer. That's what Abraham was believing. There's a coming redeemer. His faith was in the redeemer. Now he didn't have the faith we have. He had faith. God honored the faith he had in that day, but he didn't have the faith we have. And we brought that out Sunday morning. If you missed it, go listen to it. It's scriptural. Matter of fact, it's right here in this third chapter of Galatians. But you gotta have you gotta have your faith. There's nowhere to have your faith 
other than in Christ Jesus, meaning in his death. If you do a word search in your Bible on the phrase faith in, you won't find it but about 14 times. And every time you find it, it's faith in God or faith in Christ Jesus because it's the only place your faith can be. It can't be in nothing else. Nothing. The blessings are many. The benefits of salvation are many. But the object of faith is but one. It's Christ. How do you know that, preacher? Because it's His faith. It only comes from one place, and that's what He did at Calvary. Remember, we talked about it Sunday morning, that it's the... it's. God's righteousness was made manifest apart from the law through the righteousness of the faith of Christ. You understand that? Jesus kept the law. He kept it perfectly. But it was what he did at Calvary that allowed you to have the measure of that faith because if the faith that, the faith that overcomes the world has to be tied to Calvary because that's where all overcoming power of God comes from. Not just floating around. And the charismatic Pentecostal church today thinks they just, they just got some kind of power. We got the power. We can speak it in all these things. And if it's not the cross, it's not the word of the gospel. And faith, my friends, it's not misplaced. It's the sin nature being served. I'm sorry that you hadn't heard this. I hadn't either, but it's reality. It's not misplaced faith. It's not exercising what we have in the only object that it can be in, and it is serving the sin nature. That's what it is. Bible doesn't talk about mixed faith. Bible don't talk about that because it can't be mixed with nothing but the word of the gospel. It can't be mixed with nothing but the word of the gospel in your heart. It's quiet up in here tonight. We, I know we've said, are, are you willing to learn new things? Jesus said, I'll guide you into all truth. Are you stuck where you are and you think you got out and you, well, this is it. I'm going to stay right. No, God will teach you some more. Because we've said some wrong things. It's okay. He knows, you know, guiding us into all truth is not always something new we ain't never heard. Guiding us into all truth is sometimes a, a deeper revelation of what we already know. Faith you were given, you can't put it in nothing else. You can't, you can't mix. It won't fit anywhere but the cross of Christ. It's his faith It was given to us because we believed what he did by faith on the cross. Let's look at Galatians. Turn back a chapter, Galatians chapter 2, and look at verse 16. And this is the message from the Apostle Paul to Peter. When Peter was found in a place where he was instantly serving the sin nature once again. He didn't misplace his faith. He stopped exercising it and he began instantly serving the sin nature. Oh, I wish I had an amen corner in here. Got an amen corner out there? He didn't misplace his faith. 
He just didn't exercise it. And he began to serve the sin nature because he was yielded to the sin nature. Fear grip your heart and make you put the cross down. Fear grip your heart and make you put the cross down. I said fear will grip your heart and make you put the cross down unless you are learning to contend and to be aware and to discern and become the good soldier Christ says you are. Fear will make you put the cross down. We've done it. Peter ain't being condemned here tonight. We've done it. Fear can, can, fear can come in, make you put that cross down. And that's what happened to Peter. He didn't put his faith in nothing else because it wouldn't fit. But he yielded his heart to something else. He yielded his heart to something else. First of all, fear got a hold of him. And when you have an open manifestation of moving away from those that believe in what Christ did at Calvary and you submit to, honor, subject yourself to, whatever other words there are, to people that don't know this truth and, are, and, and, and if they don't, then they can't help the church. You understand that? If they don't know this truth about sanctification that comes only through the faith of the cross, that pattern of doctrine, they can't help the church. They can't. There is no help. And when Peter, in a moment, yielded to the sin nature, instead of denying self, because see, that is what took over. When you put the cross down, self is there. Self can't get involved while you got the cross. That's, that's escalations. If you walk in the spirit, the lust of the flesh won't be fulfilled. While you're making your calling and election, sure, Peter wrote, you won't stumble. But there are moments, in a moment, we can say, whoa, wait a minute. You know, your wife, your husband, your kids say, no, we ain't going this way. Ooh, you back up and lay that cross down. Okay, let's talk about it. Peter put that cross down. He moved under those that came from James's who were still hung up under the law. And that's why... Paul had to say this. Watch this. It's said twice in one verse here. Galatians 2.16 Knowing that a man is not justified and I don't... You, you know why he's, why he's preaching this message to an already justified man because God can't justify or approve anything that's not righteous whether it's a person or their fruit. And if our fruit, hear me tonight, if our fruit is not righteous and we really want to live for God, God sees the hearts that want to live for Him. And if our fruit is not righteous, and, we, and, and listen, when the fruit ain't righteous, we, we know there's some stuff wrong. He's going to give the truth to those who want the truth. Right. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And it means literally that, by what Jesus did by his faith, by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And he's talking about the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, Peter's fruit. He was justified.
justified, but his fruit wasn't being justified by God. In a moment time, it wasn't misplaced faith. It was his faith was not being exercised. And if you're not exercising your faith, that means you're either going to be in the flesh, you're in the flesh long enough, the sin nature will revive because you'll start trusted in the work of the flesh. Amen. This is why we must exercise this measure of faith at all times. God is testing us at all times. The Bible says every moment. And he delivers us always to the death of Jesus for Jesus' sake so that we can express the life of Jesus even in these mortal bodies. That is just how often the Holy Spirit delivers us into this place where our faith works. It won't work except where he delivers us unto, which is the death of Jesus. That's why he delivers us unto the place every moment, always, because it's the place this measure of faith works. It will not work if I'm not accepting where I'm being delivered. It is no longer I that live, but Christ... Christ is not trying to present Curtis. Curtis is here now to express the one by whose faith he's living. I'm living by the faith of the Son of God because he dwells in me. Christ now lives in me. That's how I have access to the measure of his faith because he's living in me. Christ dwells in our hearts by faith. Everything is by faith, but faith in the word of the gospel. It does not change. It does not change. Faith in the word of the gospel. I love it in Brother Swaggart's book. It really enlightened me. It really blessed me, encouraged me, reminded me of the focus that we've had for 18 years that the pattern of doctrine is the word of the cross. And when we use God's word and deviate from it, we're adding to or taking away from and that measure of faith can never work when we're doing that. Never. The, the, the word that should be bringing faith that we could mix in our hearts, it can't happen. This is what the church doesn't know. For the people who say, how come I can't put my faith in the cross? Are you saved? Because if you are, that means you trusted in Christ and what He did at Calvary to get saved. That means your heart yielded to what Christ did at Calvary. I don't understand the question, How? why can't I put my faith in the cross? Because you were given the measure of faith, and that faith is the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself for you. It's not something you have to work up, and it's just not working. All you have to do is, Romans 6, 16, you have to remain Every moment of your life, if you live 190 years, my friend, every moment of your life that you're going to experience victory in, you're going to be yielded to the one who obeyed unto death, unto this status of righteousness we have in him and this fruit of righteousness that can be bare through him. Amen. So 
Faith in the cross is a yielded heart to Christ in that work. Does that mean that you're just because you're an overcomer that now you, you have no more problems? No, that's that's the stupidity of what some people teach called sinless perfection. That doesn't exist. But in spite of the hardness, in spite of the hard times, you get to the place where you learn about true biblical faith and you, like Paul, will be able to say, but thanks be to God. Through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it's His victory. It's His faith. It's His life. It's His everything. It's His everything. It's nothing to do with me. I just have access to what's His. God is not looking for anything other than the faith of His Son. That's what He's looking for. You say, well, no, he's looking for my faith. Your faith is the faith of his son. That's what he's looking for. If he finds the faith of his son, he's busy in that life. He's busy in that life. It's called grace. Grace. Amen. I got a lot here. I got a lot more here. My goodness. It's time to quit. I guess we'll save the rest of this for... Uh, Sunday. The Lord's probably coming full in, though. Amen. We hope so. Lord's sure been good to us here in Queen City, Texas. He's sure been good to us here at Crossway Church. He's really been good to us all our lives. As we said earlier, He didn't just come to the cross. He went to the cross and He died and he was buried and he rose from the dead but you know what he showed up in decap texas in 1972 and found me and saved me he followed me around till i was 33 disturbing me and bothering me me trying to make a world for myself he agitated me and Followed me around, wouldn't let me just put him away. Wouldn't let me just put him away. He let me ignore him, but he wouldn't let me put him away. When I was 33, he reminded me, power's in the gospel. When I was 43, there he was again, finding me in a mess again, showing me that the power is in the gospel. It's not anywhere else. The faith that we have only works when it's in the gospel. Nothing else. No matter where it's at from Genesis to the book of Revelation, it's the word of the cross. All of it. All of it. Jesus is the living word. He's the fulfillment of every word of God. And there is no experience of faith outside of Jesus. Amen? Would you stand with me tonight if you could? You've been given the measure of faith that overcomes anything that gets in front of you. No matter how ugly it is, how impossible it seems, you never know what God's going to do. I'm sure Daniel probably thought, the lions are going to eat me. But God closed their mouths and made pillows for him. I'm sure the three Hebrew boys thought, we're probably going to die here today, but we're not bowing the knee to none of this other stuff. That's right. And God saved them. Showed up in the fire. 
Now there's been others through the years who lines ate and fires burn up. But what happened? They were with the Lord. <laughs> See, that's the next greatest thing you got going is being with the Lord. He's here with us now. He's given us everything we need. We don't need nothing that we don't already have. You don't need anything that you don't already have. You've been given all things in Christ Jesus. All the promises of God are in Him. That's why your faith must be in Him. Nothing else. Amen. Let's pray together tonight. Let's pray for our church. Pray for God's people all over this region. And if you need some personal prayer, come and we'll pray for you tonight. Father, we thank you for the opportunity again to gather in this place. We thank you for your word. We thank you for showing us things that maybe we haven't heard. And we'll have to think about it now. We will have to get in the word of God and allow you to show us, even in a deeper way, things we've heard tonight. I thank you that you've given us a faith that cannot fail, cannot be mixed with anything else, won't fit in anything else. A faith that doesn't just get us by, but overcomes the world. The faith of the Son of God. Through faith in what He did at Calvary, Lord, and I know that's why you tell us that you forbid that we boast in anything other than the cross. Because there's where the faith has to be. There's where we're separated from all the world and the world from us, crucified, dead unto it, and it to us. I thank you for this word tonight. I thank you for imparting it deeper into our hearts, causing us to be more aware and more discerning of things around us, especially things in us going on. We just pray, Lord, for this church that you put here 18 years ago, that we'd be found standing together, contending for the faith of the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. We pray for this church, Lord. Oh, that the power of God would be present in our meetings, that you would help the ministers preach the gospel, and that signs and wonders would, would follow, Lord as you find hearts surrendered to this one place, this one place, the sacrifice of Jesus. We pray for your people all over this region. We pray, Lord God, for the bonds of religion to be broken, for the walls of iniquity to be torn down and replaced with the walls of salvation and new gates of praise and worship in spirit and in truth. I thank you tonight for showing us what you are. Giving us a greater clarity, a greater understanding, a greater determination to know nothing other than Christ your Son and what He did at Calvary. I thank you for opening doors for each and every one of us each day to share the truth of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. I thank you, Lord, for calling us for such a time as this. 
May your voice be heard through our voices. May your hands touch through ours. May our feet be found walking where you're walking in your people in these last days. I pray for those again tonight who are sick in their body, who are seeking you for the healing and health and wholeness. And I pray for the miracle that they need, Lord. I thank you for the power of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God, that it's by faith in that name of Jesus and through that name that miracles come. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your presence and your power tonight. We pray for all those who are here, all those who are watching online. And I pray that your touch would be upon our hearts in a greater way than ever before. To be hungry and thirsty for your righteousness like never before. A desire to be used by you like never before. To be found wasting less and less time and redeeming more and more of the time as your wise people. Bless the people of this house and those who are attached to it all over this nation and the world. We give you praise tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said amen.